You know, so many times we fail to realize that God is a generous God. Uh, and he knows exactly where we are. And he knows exactly how to meet every last one of our needs. And we're going to talk about uh, the spirit of generosity because I want you to understand and know that God uses us to bless others. He uses others to bless us. And as we begin this series, um, I do want you to understand and know that it's critically important for us to to have the heart of a hearer and to be able to understand and receive God's word correctly. Because most of the time when you start talking about generosity, people go, oh, Lord, here go the preacher again. They're talking about giving, talking about money. The old church, 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 all they want is your money. How many of y'all ever heard somebody say that all the church wants is your money? Well, listen to me. I don't want you to come into this series with that mindset because once you understand God, and what he utilizes our giving and our generosity to do. And when you understand how much of a blessing it is, I couldn't pay you not to give if you truly understood it. I, I, need, I need two or three witnesses out there who've experienced the goodness of God. I need somebody who saw him make a way out of no way. I need somebody who, who when, it, when it looks like it was all over with, he stepped in. And supplied every one of your needs, not according to your bank accounts, but according to his riches and glory by Christ. He's, I, I, I know I got at least two or three witnesses. Hey, I'm one of them right now. Okay. I'm the first one. God has been so gracious and good to me and my family. So I thank God for this, this privilege to come before you right now. Well, let's go to the Lord in a word of prayer. Father, we thank you and we praise you for this privilege and this honor to come together to share on this day. Lord, we realize that without you, we are nothing. But in and through you, we can accomplish all things. I pray right now, Father, as we prepare to, to go into your word today, that you give us wisdom and insight by way of your Holy Spirit. Let it be none of me, but all of you today. God, I trust that you will do exceeding abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So, Lord, I stand here today as your representative. To, to impart spiritual truths into the lives of your believers, of the saints of God, of the children of God on this day. For we love you now, God, and we praise you. It's in Jesus' name we ask it. Everybody said amen. amen. Praise God. What a beautiful, awesome day that the Lord has made. If you have your Bibles, guys, let's turn to two passages of Scripture. Uh, we're going to go to Acts chapter number 20. Acts chapter number 20. And then uh, after that, we're going to go to Luke the eighth chapter. I'm going to read Acts 20 first, but I'm going to unpack Luke the eighth chapter because particularly when you talk about generosity, when you're talking about giving, I've discovered that many Christians don't have a, a full and complete understanding about what God's plan and what his word says about generosity and being givers. I'm going to tell you something. The Lord, the Lord, the Lord, and I don't, I don't do this very often. On, 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 on rare occasion, will I say this? Uh, because I just don't do it. I'm not in the habit of saying the Lord said unless I know the Lord said. <laughs> you, you got me. 
One thing I, I did tell you, and I shared with you, the Lord told me that about being the bridge. That, that's in my spirit, guys, and it will not go away because the Lord said that. Another thing that the Lord told me about this church, hear me carefully. The Lord told me about this church. He says, you guys will be a generous church. You guys will give and you all will bless other ministries, other organizations that are helping meet needs in our area. And we've been doing it all along. And one of the things that I, that I will tell you is, is I look back, just, if I just go back, if I go back 33 years, but if I just go back 20 years, and I, I think I shared this with you guys uh, a while back, God has blessed this church because we've been a giving church. Amen? I shared with you that, I shared this with the finance committee, over the last 20 years, God has increased our budgeted receipts for the year from a couple hundred thousand year, a year to over $1.2 million a year in a 20-year period. I don't say that from a bragging standpoint. I'm just telling you that, that when you learn how to be generous with what God blesses you with, he'll bless you because he can trust you to channel his blessings through. Some people he can't trust to channel his blessings through because when he bless you, you go, mm-mm, it's mine. I'm gonna, no, no man tell me what to do with my money. But I want to unpack the scripture because I, I want you to hear with a different ear today. Is that fair enough? If I can show you in the word of God and you are conditioned to hear, then I believe that we're going to be able to do great things. I think God's going to do some, some supernatural things through this body of faith here at EBC. Are y'all with me? So Acts the 20th chapter, and let's go, um, if you will, with me. Let's go down to verse number 20. Let's start at verse number 25, okay? Acts chapter 20, verse number 25. Then I'm going to hop over to Luke and see if we can unpack that because I think how you hear is significant, how you hear the word of God is significant. It's going to be up to you. I can preach it until I turn blue in the face. I could exegete the text and give you proper hermeneutical application. But if your heart ain't right, it's going to sound like just noise. Thank you, Brother Jeff, for that text you sent me. It's, it's going to be just like noise. But, but, but I, am, I, am, I am convinced because of what the Lord told me. And all I do is, a lot of stuff I don't tell y'all, I just, I just watch it come into manifestation. I told y'all something a while back, and I'm just watching it come into manifestation. I told you ahead of time, just like Jesus said, I told you this ahead of time so that when it happened, you'll believe. Because some of y'all don't believe. I know some of y'all don't have faith. You believe. Can I just share a little bit of that? This is some of it. Now, this, God, God did it in a different way. I, I tell you, the, I told you about the time I was walking around the church, right? And, you know, we've been believing for this land over here on this side for a long period of time. And even most of y'all don't know that we've been believing for this land on this other side for 15 to 20 years. Are y'all listening to me? And then, you know, you know out of the blue, the pretty people on this land on this side over here called me. Hello. And, and, and said, hey, listen, okay, we're ready to do it now. And the, 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 the acreage over here is, is, is pretty much, it's uh, almost two acres that we have over here. And, 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 the, and the price that we agreed upon was what the Lord told me to pay one acre over here for. No, 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 y- y- y'all just missed that. I mean, we've been, we've been praying for it for 15 years or 20 years, probably about at least 20 years. 
and they were ready to sell, and now they were ready to sell it for, uh, you know, a price that is conducive to what the Lord said pay. Now, I, was, I wasn't looking for this. I'm still believing for that, but God said, I'm going to just give you a little foretaste of glory divine. Bobby, I don't doubt the Lord anymore. In my younger faith walk, I may have doubted the Lord, but I don't doubt him. I trust him, and I know he will provide. Can I get going? Whew. That went over some of y'all's head. But I'm here to tell you, God is looking for a people who he can show himself strong towards. He's looking for a people. He's, his eyes walk, his eyes are running to and forth throughout the earth to show himself strong toward a man or woman here who will believe him and take him at his word. And I'm telling God, I'm a candidate. God, I'm going to take you at your word. I'm going to believe you that you're going to be able to do exceedingly abundantly above all I could even ask or think. According to the power of the work of them. Can I keep reading? Because if I don't read, I ain't gonna, I'm not going to even preach today. So God is faithful. So Acts 20 chapter, the text says this. And now I know that none of you to whom I have preached the kingdom will ever see me again. Keep reading. The text says this. I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. Contextually, who's talking? The Apostle Paul is right here. The Apostle Paul is talking here. Luke is the writer, okay? I declare today that I have been faithful. If anyone suffers eternal death, it's not my fault. <laughs> See, those who you're in relationship with, uh, your family members and others, if they go to hell, it shouldn't be your fault. The Bible still talks about heaven and hell. A lot of our churches are excited. Don't talk about hell because, brother, pastor, you want to try to bring people in. If you say too much about hell, people aren't going to like that. Well, the Bible says it, and I got, I got to speak truth, okay? Keep reading. For I didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know. Paul gave the full counsel of God. I can't just talk about healing. I can't just talk about money. I can't just talk about race relations. I can't just talk about your, your family. We have to have a well-rounded diet. Why didn't shrink from declaring all that God wants you to know? Text says this. So guard yourselves and God's people. Feed and shepherd God's flock, his church, purchased with his own blood, over which the Holy Spirit has appointed you as elders. Text says, I know that false teachers like vicious wolves will come in among you after I leave, not sparing the flock. Even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. We have that happening today, guys. People want to follow. They want a crowd because they figure crowd means money. Uh-uh. Now, even some men from your own group will rise up and distort the truth in order to draw a following. Text says this. Watch out. Remember the three years I was with you, my constant watch and care over you night and day and my many tears for you. Paul says, and now I entrust you to God and the message of his grace that is able to build you up and give you an inheritance with all those he has set apart for himself. Text says this, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. Back up. What did Paul say? Paul said, I have never coveted anyone's silver or gold or fine clothes. Text says this, next verse. You know that these 
that these hands of mine have worked so have worked to supply my own needs and even the needs of those who were with me. And I have been a constant example of how you can help those in need by what? Let's read that one again. And I have been what? A co- the Apostle Paul, whose occupation was what? A tent maker, right? You ought to be able to do something, amen? I mean, I, I thank God for a full-time pastor, and we need to, we need to support. And I, and I can go through the scripture and show we that it's right for a congregation to support their spiritual leadership. But the Apostle Paul, as he was sharing the gospel message, Paul didn't want anything to, to stand as a barrier for spreading the gospel truth. So Paul worked with his hand, even though there were those who supported his work in ministry, but he worked with his hands as a tent maker. And I've been a constant example of how you can help those in need by working hard. You should remember the words of the Lord Jesus. Here we go. I'm going to stop here. It says what? It is more blessed to give. Now, I got to ask you a question. Do you really believe that? No, 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 no. Do you really embrace that concept that it is more blessed to give than to receive? Now, now, now watch this now before you say that, and because if you really believe that, it will show up in how, you, how generous you are in supporting the things of God. If you believe it's more blessed, how many of y'all want to be blessed? I need some hands raised. How many of y'all want to be blessed? I know I do. Because, Laura, if I don't have anything, how am I going to help you? We both over there poor mouth. We ain't got nothing to eat. I ain't got nothing. You ain't got nothing. What's we going to do? God blesses us so that he can channel those blessings through us. And not that we don't reap benefits of being blessed because God doesn't tell us to give everything away, but he tells us to be generous. Let's go on and read through 38 for good measure. It says what? When he had finished speaking, he knelt and prayed with them. Text says they all cried as they embraced and kissed him goodbye. Text said they were sad most of all because he had said they would never see him again. Then they escorted him down to the ship. Now go to Luke the eighth chapter, verse number four. Now again, one of the reasons why I want to go to this text is because I need you to hear my heart, and I need to I need for you on this subject, any other subject that we preach from the Bible that you have ears to hear. Because if you don't have ears to hear, I'm not talking about audibly hearing me, but I'm saying being able to to grasp the word of God, take it, amen, ponder on it, meditate on it, hide it down in your heart so that you may not sin against God. I'm talking about being able to receive the preached word with gladness. Luke 8 chapter, and let's go to verse number 4. Luke 8, chapter verse number 4 says, One day Jesus told a story in the form of a parable to a large crowd that had gathered from many towns to hear him. A farmer went out to plant his seed as he scattered across his field. Some seed fell on the footpath where it was stepped on and the birds ate it. Other seed fell among rocks. It began to grow, but the plant soon wilted and died for lack of moisture. Other seed fell among thorns that grew up with it and choked out the tender plants. Still other seed fell on fertile ground, fertile soil. This seed grew and produced a crop that was a hundred times as much as had been planted. 
when he had said when he had said this, he called out anyone, anyone, anyone. Now again, when it says he called out, guys, remember this this, this root word says he shouted. If anyone had ears to hear, they should listen and understand. He shouted it out. Keep going. Let's go. We got. It says his disciples asked him what this parable meant. Text says this. He replied, "You are permitted to understand the secrets of the kingdom of God." But I use parables to teach the others so that the scriptures might be fulfilled. When they look, they won't really see. When they hear, they won't understand. Let me stop right here, okay? And I'm going to pick back up. And Jesus is going to get into the meat of this parable. Jesus knew, like even like today, he knew that many were following him not because they wanted to know God, not because they were genuine and sincere, but because uh, of family and friends. Some people come to church because of family and friends. Some because of the fellowship. You like being around people and there's some good, decent people in here, okay? Uh, some come because of the social identification. You know, if you're in the South, you need to be a part of a church. And, and, and some will tell you if your career is going to pro- progress, you need to be part of the right church. <laughs> go where the business owners are. Go where the influential people go. Let me tell you something, baby. If you choose a church because of the influencers or the influence in the community, you, are, you, you, have, you have put yourself in a position where God won't use you like he wanted to use you because your purpose for going there is erroneous. You should always connect with a family of faith where the Holy Spirit is leading you to, to connect with. It may not make sense to your friends. It may not make sense to your family members, but it ought to make sense to you and God because the Holy Ghost is talking to you. And if you came in this building for any other reason than the Holy Spirit pressing in your spirit to be here, then I give you permission to say, okay, I, I need to go follow the Holy Spirit. Because if you're not in the place where the Holy Spirit led you, you won't be able to be utilized at peak performance. Because God has you, he leads you to where he wants you to go. So social identification. Some people come because they feel good. Oh, they had a good choir. They had good music. I like the flow of the service. I feel good. Well, feeling good is not the reason to join a church. You can go to a lot of churches and feel good. Some needs were being met. Some were following because they were, he was meeting their needs, feeding the hungry, healing bodies, okay? The insincerity of so many cut the heart of Jesus, but he still wanted to warn and reach as many as possible. So in, in, in sharing this parable, Jesus said four things happened to the seed when it was sown. Okay, he said, and once some seed fell by the wayside, off, off to the side, out of the field, upon the trails and, and, and the roads. Some seed fell upon a rock, stony ground, okay? Other things said some fell upon, among thorns, and then other seed fell on good ground. Now again, question, why did Jesus begin to speak in parables. Well, first of all, he wanted the open heart. How many of y'all got an open heart for the word of God? No, 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 no. I, I, I need to hear. I, 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 this is a participatory sermon. How many of y'all have an open heart for the word of God? In other words, if you want to know specifically what God's word says for your life so that you can be obedient to the word once you learn it. How many of y'all got an open heart? That's an open heart. Now, 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 listen. I, I, I know, I know. Some of you raise your hands. Some of your hearts not open, but that's okay. That's okay. I, I hope to show you, so so you can you can you can find out those areas where your heart is closed. Because if your heart is closed, you can't receive the word. Jesus said, "He that hath ears to hear, let him what 
here. So first, he wanted he want the open hearts, the persons who really were seeking God, to learn all they could about the mysteries of the kingdom of God. That's the first reason why. Second reason why he spoke in parables, Jesus wanted the truth concealed from closed minds. All right. So anytime we start to preach scripture and you hear scripture, but your mind is closed toward what the scripture is telling you, then, then you, you're not going to be able to receive it no matter how much I try to explain it because your mind was closed when we first started studying. And so Jesus spoke in parables so that those whose minds were closed wouldn't, wouldn't, wouldn't have the benefit of understanding gospel truth because they weren't going to do anything with it if they got it in the first place. Are y'all tracking with me today? So Jesus goes and he, I got to keep moving. He gives the interpretation of the parable. First of all, the seed is the Lord Jesus Christ. Everybody said it was Jesus. The, the seed, not the seed, the sower is the Lord Jesus Christ or a servant of his. So how many of y'all out there know that you can be the sower in this parable? As a matter of fact, all of us have been called to sow the seed of the word of God. You don't have to be up in a pulpit preaching. All of you out there who who are born again have been called and ordained to share the gospel message. So the sower is the Lord Jesus Christ or one of his servants. The seed is what? The word of God. And the ground is the heart of the hearer. This is key here, the heart of the hearer. Because if we go and talk about generosity, you got to make sure your heart is right. Because if your heart is not right as it relates to this, it's very easily, it's very easy for us to get caught up in the issues of this world. It's very easy for us to get caught up in, in letting money have us rather than us having money. Are you with me today? So uh, Jesus said two significant things. Now, do not miss this. He said two significant things about the ground. So what, what did the ground represent? It's on your notes. <laughs> what does the ground represent? The heart of the hearer. And why am I showing this to you before we get into the spirit of generosity? I'm showing this to you because I know that over the years, many times believers' hearts have not been right regarding this subject for a long time because what they do is they'll throw the baby out with the bathwater. Y'all know what that means? To throw the baby out with the bathwater means that, that there may be a whole bunch of good stuff there in the water or, 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 or maybe some bad stuff in the back up. Maybe some, some bad stuff in there. And so you throw everything out, even the good stuff. And so you may, you've heard somebody uh, have a $1,000 prayer line or a $1,000 prophecy line. Any of y'all been to those kind of services? Some of y'all are like, no, uh-uh, I'm Baptist. We don't do that in the Baptist church. I'm conservative. <laughs> Maybe you grew up Pentecostal, charismatic. Again, I, and, and listen, I'm not going to be labeling people. One of the things that, that, that disturbs me is when Christians start to label themselves. Conservative or liberal. Those are political terms. And I want to know if you're godly and you're saved. I want to know if you are a, 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 a true believer in Christ and are willing to follow his word no matter what it says. So quit labeling people. Quit labeling denominations. I want to know if it's a word-based church or not a word-based church. 
And I'm, I'm not going to get into political terms talking about conservative Baptists and, and liberal Baptists and conservative Methodists. And, no, no, no. It's do you believe the Bible or do you not? Are y'all with me? All right. So Jesus said two significant things about the ground, about the heart, the heart of the hearer. Number one, he said what? There are different ways to hear and receive the word. Read that one. He says there are what? Different ways to hear and receive the word. Secondly, he, warn, he warns all hearers, all types of ground, all kinds of hearts, the fate of the word, how well it grows, depends on the preacher. It did not say that, did it? See, sometimes you're sitting there thinking it's the preacher's fault because things are not happening in your life or, or you're not getting the things of God. And many times, again, if you've got a preacher who's explaining the word of God to you, in, in, in simple terms, in other words, in terms where you can understand it, not hollering at you and yelling at you. I know my voice elevates a little bit when I talk, but it's because I'm excited about what's on the inside of me. And I'm not trying to hoop at you. I'm not trying to holler at you, scowl at you. I just want you to know, I want you to get this stuff. Because I, I was one who was sitting there when I was young in, in, in ministry or young as, as a new convert in Christ, where I didn't quite understand everything that was being said because many times the pastor didn't take time to unpack the scripture on areas that deal with my life, my living. I was already saved, but I need to know how to live. And I need to know that the Bible and the scriptures are relevant to my everyday living. And it is. It's just that many times we don't want to talk about it. Paul did it. You know what Paul did? The Corinthian church. How many of y'all remember the Corinthian church? The church at Corinth was a church of the Lord Jesus Christ, but they had some issues. And Paul had to deal with those issues. There was sexual immorality running rampant. So we need to talk about sexual immorality. He had a pastor friend of mine uh, uh, who uh, the church told him, don't preach about sex anymore. You talk about sex. That's for the parents to talk to him about. Baby, let me tell you something. If it's in the Bible, we're going to preach it. And while you're sitting there thinking your children don't know, I've already told you, studies show us that young boys get exposed to pornography as young as eight years of age. And you're thinking, well, I'll talk to him when he's 16. Baby, it's too late at 16. But they've been exposed to at school, in the locker room, on television and online. And you're sitting there thinking, well, you know, uh, I have this program on there uh, that, that prevents them from going to these places. They've already figured out a way around that. So we got, we got to be, we need to be like the sons of Issachar. The sons of Issachar, the Bible, the sons of Issachar, the Bible says they were able to discern the signs of the time. So don't be a fuddy-duddy with your head in the ground thinking that this can't come to my house. I'm here to tell you, it'll come to your house, and if you're not careful, it'll tear your house up. The culture is trying to infiltrate the church and your individual homes. I'm telling you before, I'll tell you before, I'm not naive. I know my children are saved, but they're alive. Every last one of them lied. Tanya lied. Sandra lied. And junior boy lies. 
What about children? I, I know, I know my, my, my child. Okay. So we got to, we, my point is we got to teach and we got to deal with scripture. It's called scripture speaks into our culture. But many churches are, and many pastors are afraid to talk about what's happening in the culture. People need to know how to respond to what's happening in the culture. And they need to respond with a biblical worldview. Not a Republican worldview. Not a Democrat worldview. Not, not an Islamic worldview or Buddhist worldview. But a biblical worldview. And if we're going to be, if we're going to be, if we're going to be true uh, sowers of the word of God, we got to give people word and the concept of word and break it down where it can apply to their individual lives. Fair enough? Yeah. All right. So, so let, let, let's go real quickly. Come on. The seed by the wayside. Now, again, the, the ground represents what? The heart of the hearers. And what did I just say? How you receive is not necessarily, if, if the word has been explained rightly and rightly divided, how, you, how, do, how the seed is received is up to the hearer. Amen? And so how do you come in here? Do you come in here with a sense of expectation that I'm going to hear a word from God down through my pastor out to me? Or do you think, well, that's that just, that just that Adam's fellow. Well, if he says something I agree with, I'm good with him. But if I don't agree with him, just, I'm gonna mean mug him the whole sermon. Baby, let me tell you something. You can mean mug me. I'm not even looking at you. I tell you, I promise you, I'm not. Monica sat here on this front row trying to give me a towel because I was sweating like a hog a couple couple weeks ago, and I was looking past. I just, I mean, I'm, I'm looking. I'm, I see you, but I don't see you. Are you with me? All right. So, 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 so you you can stop mean mugging me because I ain't looking at you. I love you, <laughs> but, but, but I got to speak truth to you. Is that, is, that, is that fair enough? All right, so number one, the seed by the wayside. This is the person. The person by the wayside does hear the word of God. He is present. Now, I need y'all to listen to me right now because some of you may find yourself in this category. The person by the wayside does hear the word of God. He is present, but he's off to the side, out of the way. Not really involved. Member of the church, but not really involved. He lets his mind wander and, and thinks and thinks little and, and involves himself even less. He respects Christ and the preacher and usually doesn't miss a Sunday service. But he's on the outer circle. How many of y'all have been on the fringe? Coming to church, but not really being involved in anything else. May even serve, may even uh, greet, may even sing in the praise team, or may, you know, parking lot ministry, but you're still on the outer circumference of what it means to be involved in the local ministry work of your church. Respect Christ, but, 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 but in the outer circle, paying little attention to the warnings and the promises of the word of God. Know what happens to that person. Before the person believes, the devil comes and snatches the word away. Because you're on the peripheral, because you're not really involved, once the word hits, then you, by the time you get home, you've forgotten what was preached about. That's one reason why I, I, try to, I try to, when I can, I try to give you notes so that hopefully you'll go home and run reference on me. I want you to go run reference. I want you to be like those believers in Thessalonica who search the scriptures daily 
No, that was those guys in Berea, I believe. The guys in Berea who searched the scripture daily to see whether or not what the apostles were telling them was actually true. I want you to go. I challenge you. I, how do we do it in the old days? I double dog days. How many of y'all have been double dog dad? I dare you. I double dog dare you. How many of y'all know it was a fight was getting ready to happen if you knocked it off their shoulder? I double dog dare you to go search the scripture. Do your exegesis. Don't take my word for it. Go study it yourself. Are y'all with me today? So, 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 but before the person believes, the devil comes and snatches the word away. It's taken from the person. The person never really applies the word to his life, never really lives sacrificially for the Lord. Y'all remember when I told you we, was, uh, we, were, we were sharing and how uh, Herod liked listening to John the Baptist, but he never did receive Christ that we're aware of. The scripture doesn't let us know it. He, liked, he, he respected, as a matter of fact, whenever he had made that decree that, 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 that his, the, the, the daughter of his mistress danced before him and she danced so good, he said, whatever you want. Half my kingdom is yours. I told you that was a powerful dance. I don't know what she did. She may have backed it up. She may have twerked it. She may have whopped. Did the bump? How many of y'all doing the bump? Bump is old school. How many of y'all out there did the bump? Y'all people saying, I don't know what you're talking about, Pastor. Whatever that dance was, I mean, it, it, just, it just blew his mind. and says, whatever you want. But he was sorrowful that he had made that, that, that decree before all the people, but he couldn't take it back. He listened to John the Baptist, like hearing him, and some people like coming here in messages, but they ain't going to do nothing with what they hear because they're on the outer circle. Are you all with me? So that's the seed by the wayside. The seed on the rock. Talking about the hearing now. This person hears the word and becomes excited over it he receives the word, professes belief in Christ, and makes a profession of faith before the world, but he fails to count the cost. He fails to consider the commitment involved and the self-denial and the sacrifice, the study, the learning, the hours, and the efforts that are required. And I submit to you that I believe in our churches today, we have many people here who, 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 who come and they'll be here faithfully but they don't want to sacrifice very much. Don't want to really uh, go out. If it calls for me to have to stop watching my favorite program to go and serve at Common Ground, I just, that ain't my gift, Pastor. How is it not your gift to go and help somebody? That's all. That's not a gift. That, that's a command. Are y'all with me today? So, so we have, so uh, this person here, the seed on the rock, he does not apply himself to learn Christ. Jesus says, uh, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But the reality is, is that many of many Christians in the church have not taken the time to learn of Christ. We came and we heard preaching and we've heard exhortational preaching, we heard singing and, and we, we, we know what's going on, but we haven't really taken the time to learn of Christ. Let the word get down inside. He does not apply himself to learn Christ. Therefore, he doesn't become rooted and grounded in the word. He's only a superficial believer. Know what happens to him when trials 
and temptation comes, he falls away. Uh, remember John Mark in Acts 13 and 13? When Paul didn't want to take him because he, he quit on him. But thank God Barnabas picked him up. And thank God later on, you see where Paul, Paul commends John Mark for his faithfulness to the gospel. So, so what does that tell me? Even though you may not be where you need to be right now, keep coming, keep learning, and keep growing. Don't stop growing, amen? Because where you, you may have been a John Mark five years ago, you'll be Apostle Paul ten years from now. Let's keep growing. Everybody say keep growing. That's why I don't give up on people. Are you with me? Because God doesn't give up on us. Uh, I think a part of that song is just saying don't give up on God for he won't give up on you. He's able. How many of y'all are thankful that God didn't give up on you when you were, even though you were saved, you messed up and did that dastardly thing that nobody knows about but you and the Lord and whoever you did it with, if you did it with somebody. Maybe it was you by yourself. Aren't you glad God did not throw you? Because don't come up here and look at me like, since you've been saying, I ain't did nothing wrong. Yes, you have. None of us are perfect. But that's not an excuse to live in sin either. Because when some people hear that, they say, okay, well, you know, I ain't perfect, so I just keep doing what I'm doing. And I I can keep saying, don't judge me. I'm not going to judge you, but I'm going to judge what you're doing. I can't, it's not my place to say whether or not you truly receive the Lord Jesus Christ or not, but there's some signs. And if you're doing something that's against God's will, I can call that out. So if, if I'm in a relationship with you and trying to help you, we need to, we need to, we, if, if I see you going in the ditch, it is not spiritual, it's not biblical to sit up and watch you go in the ditch and say, well, it ain't none of my business. Because if I say something to them, they're going to have an attitude. So what? Let them have an attitude and speak truth into their life. Do it in the spirit of love and not in the spirit of condemnation. But you got to say something. If you see something, say something. To the person who you're in relationship with. All of us should have somebody in our life who can examine us and say, am I mean sometimes? Yeah, you are. Really? Yes, you are. Oh, no, I'm not. Yes, you are. You asked me the question, didn't you? <laughs> and, 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 and listen to people who love you enough to tell you the truth. Don't get mad at them and cut off the relationship. That's what some of y'all do. That's why some of y'all, it's hard for y'all. Some, some of y'all can't stay married because you, 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 the person with you who lives with you know you better than anybody else. And then when they start telling you about yourself, you're getting mad at them rather than saying, let me, let me evaluate and see if what they're saying is, is, is valid. And let me make a course correction. Can I keep moving? So the seed on the rock. We have the seed by the wayside, the seed on the rock, and then we have the seed among the thorn. This is a person who receives the word. I'm talking about how you're hearing today. This is a person who receives the word and honestly tries to live for Christ. Christ and his followers and the church and its activities appeal to him. So he joins right in, even professing Christ as he walks along doing, his, doing life. But there's a problem. It's the thorns or the worldliness. Okay? He's not willing to cut completely loose from the world. He lives a double life, trying to live for Christ and yet still live out in the world. 
In the old days, they called it straddling the fence. Y'all know what it means to straddle the fence? Have one leg on this side and one leg on the other side. You still want to club, drink, get drunk. Club, I said drink. I know that's not grammatically correct, but I want to, I'm saying that for in- emphasis. Drink and get drunk and then still come. How great is thy God. Sing with me. Now, how, let me ask you a question. How effective is your witness going to be for Christ when you go try to reach the person in the, that, that you saw in the club and they saw you getting drunk in the club? And see you coming to church on Sunday. I mean, we, we're talking about club life. And maybe, maybe we're, how many clubs do we have? How many, how many you, should, you should love the club life? I was never a club person. All right, I, I need some hands raised. How many of y'all were clubbers? All right, how many, how many of y'all was frat party persons? Sorority party person, Sisters. Ski week. <laughs> I knew that would rise somebody. <laughs> Listen, guys, what, here's what I'm, I'm telling you. We cannot afford at this juncture in the prophetic time clock of, of, of history to be straddling the fence. God needs a people who are willing to stand for him totally and completely. Not saying that we do get everything right, but we ought not be doing stuff that identifies us with the world. Are y'all with me today? So he says, uh, the thorns in the world, he's not willing to cut completely loose from the world. Lives a double life, trying to live for Christ and yet still live out in the world. Know what happens to him. He bears fruit. Fruit does appear, but it never really ripens. It's never able to be plucked. The thorns choke the life out of it. It never lives to be used. I think about the rich young ruler. I think about Ananias and Sapphira. Supporters, they gave to the church, but they were deceptive in their giving. And the apostles told them, said, listen, it was yours to do with it whatever you want to do, but you brought it up in here and pretended like you sold it for this amount that you gave the church as if that was the full price of it. And and because they had saw, I believe it was, was it Barnabas that, that had given? And, and the, 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 the place, Barnabas had sold some land, and the place that he's from was, was known for the fertile ground. And so that fertile ground was very valuable. So I, the Bible doesn't say this, but I imagine there was a very great price that he sold that land for. And when, when he sold that land and gave the proceeds, all of the proceeds to the church, it probably created a buzz. It'll be similar to if, if Bill Gates decided uh, on, on next week to, to drop $20 million into this treasure of this church, it would create a buzz. I said it would create a buzz. Because we're going to show, testify, hey, the Lord bless us with $20 million. You Where'd it come from? So it would, it, it would create a buzz, right? So to hearing that buzz... Ananias and Sapphira, because they were not growing spiritually, probably thought, well, we want some of that buzz too. We want some of that applause on the back. Never give to get applause from man. Are y'all with me? All right, so, so how are you hearing? So the last, the seed among 
uh, seed on the good ground. These are, are they who have an honest and good heart. Therefore, when they hear the word, they keep it. When they hear the word, they what? Now listen, can I say something to you? I know that sometimes when you first are introduced to a theological con, uh, theological doctrine that you may not have heard before or have not really broken down the scriptures, sometimes it's hard for you to get to the point of, is that really true? To that, I know it's true. But the way you get there is not by saying that what's being presented in the word is not true. Because what we do a lot of times, we come to the scripture text based off of our experiences, our culture, our upbringing, and, our, and, and what we've been through, and we fail to, to, to realize that God says, uh, you know, even though you had these experiences, don't, don't view my word through the prism of your experiences. View it, amen, with a clear heart and clear mind. Jesus spoke in parables because there were those who, whose hearts were open to his word, they were going to understand it, but those whose minds were closed, they weren't going to ever get it. So if, if, if your mind is closed to any doctrinal teaching, and, and I've told you before, if, there's, if you have an issue with something, let's sit down and let's go through it. I'll show it to you in the word of God. I don't know how you can get any more fair than that. But the problem is sometimes people's minds are closed to what is being taught because of their experience. And because they experience something, now you can't tell me, I, I just can't go with it. Well, what is it? If the word of God says it and it's rightly divided, we, as a Christian, you don't have a choice. Otherwise, you're going to be outside the will of God, okay? And when you know the word of God and refuse it, then you put yourself in a, in a very precarious situation. I don't want to be in that situation. So the seed on the ground, these are they who have an, the seed on the ground, these, these are they who have an honest and a good heart. Therefore, when they hear the word of God, they keep it. Their hearts are honest. There's a, there's a, there's a Greek word, it's called kaleo. K-A-L-E. The word means fair, noble, and just. K-A-L-E. It has the idea of of holding fast. These people are honest and fair. They are noble people in listening and considering the word of God. Listening and considering the word of God. They honestly seek to learn and know the truth spiritually as well as physically. Again, the believers in Thessalonica were those kind of folks. Their hearts are good. In other words, they, 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 they were devoted. They were committed. They were given over to the truth. Once the truth is known, they hold fast to it. Once the truth is known, they hold fast to it. Go into Romans, the sixth chapter right quick, verse number 17. Romans 6, verse number 17. Glory to God. Talking about the spirit of generosity. I'm, I'm laying the groundwork for this because, again, what did I say? Your ability to receive the preached word, especially as it relates to the spirit of generosity, is going to be determined by the condition of your heart. I can bring the seed, but if your heart is not conditioned, if your heart is not right, the seed of, 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 as it relates to the spirit of generosity won't have any impact on you because your heart's not right. Okay? Text says this. Thank God. Once you were slaves of sin. How many of y'all were slaves of sin one time? Before Jesus came in and transformed your life. But now you what? Wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. Who's talking here? The Apostle Paul writing to the saints at Rome. Saints in Rome, primarily a, 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 a Gentile church in the Gentile region. He says, 
but now you wholeheartedly obey this teaching we have given you. That's what Paul says. Go with me right quick, if you will, uh, to, hallelujah. let's go to, um, go to uh, Deuteronomy 26 and 16. Deuteronomy 26 and 16. Their hearts are good. They keep the word. They bear fruit with patience. That's what good ground heart folks do. He that had ears to hear, let him hear. Let's go to Deuteronomy 26 and verse number 16. Glory to God. Text says this. Today, the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these, all these decrees and regulations. So be careful to obey them how? So let me ask you a question. How can you tell if somebody is doing something wholeheartedly or not? Let me see. Do we have any coaches in the house? We, I know we got two or three coaches that are members of this church. Okay, we got coaches. All right, uh, coaches. I know we got Sandra and Eddie somewhere. I need y'all to y'all ain't out here to amen me. So if you're in the back, clap or do something. Okay. <laughs> but if you're coaching kids and you're running them through drills, coach, uh, you can usually tell if somebody is exerting maximum effort, right, or if they are slacking. If they're only going half-heartedly, all right? You can usually tell if somebody even go beyond athletics, somebody who's, who you, you've given them something to do. How many of y'all have children who have to clean their room? So the rest of y'all don't make y'all children clean the room? Well, that's part of the problem right there. You better start teaching them how to work. They grown and gone. Well, when they were at the house, when they were at the house, how many of y'all children halfway cleaned up their room? Can I get some hands raised? How many of your children shovel clothes up under the bed? Everybody said that's half-heartedly. How many of them clean the room but didn't even vacuum or sweep? <laughs> Half-hearted. See, I remember, again, I, I, I like to, I, I learned a whole lot from playing athletics. I learned a whole lot from playing college football. And I, I, I oftentimes reference those lessons learned. But um, when we were, when we were <laughs> having, to, at the end of practice, we had to run what we were called gassers. Anybody know what gassers are? When you line up and you sprint, and you, and you have to sprint full speed. You can't be, well, we got 15 of these, so I'm going to just pace myself. No, no, no. In order to get into better shape, you have to push yourself. And many times in the body of Christ, there are not many Christians want to push and persevere. They want to kind of just cruise through life. And God says we're living in a time and an age now where he needs us to push and to persevere and be willing to, 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 to do and obey his commandments wholeheartedly especially when it relates to the spirit of generosity, giving to support the work of ministry. Today, the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations, so be careful to obey them. How? Wholeheartedly has an L-E, which is an adverb, which tells you how to obey. Obey is the verb, and the adverb is wholeheartedly. I don't want my wife loving me halfwayly. It's not a word, but I just made it up. 
Can I get real with y'all right quick? Can I get real with y'all right quick? Can I get real with you right quick? No husband wants his wife to love him, if you know what I mean, half-heartedly. Brenda said, I hear it, I hear it. If you're going to love me, love me all the way. I mean, can we really get down to it? If, if he's really, I mean, he's going to say, I mean, sometimes he'll say, okay, all right, okay, that's, that's fine. It's just, you know, but, but, but by and large, he says, I want, I want all of you. What's that song that, uh, uh, they play at weddings all the time. All of you. Who, who is that? Uh, John Legend. Any of y'all know that song? See, I don't know about anybody else. Y- y- do y'all know the song, All of Me? I don't know it, but I, I, I kind of, I'm the background singer who kind of hums along, pretend like I know the words. Uh, and when I get to a part, I know I get real loud on that. Any of y'all do that? In the other part, you kind of, all of me. Guys, just like a husband and just like a wife wants her husband to love her wholeheartedly and not haphazardly and not just, 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 just you know, come, come home and sit in front of the TV and don't ever conversate, don't ever talk. And then when it's 11 o'clock, you want to have some, some, some conversation then. You want to conversate then because you want to go farther than conversation. But I heard one wise brother say foreplay begins before the bedroom. Can I get a witness up in here? If you don't know what foreplay is, that's cool. Just wait until your parents teach you. Nobody and no Manager, no supervisor wants a worker who's doing stuff half-heartedly. And let me tell you something. You as a believer and as a Christian are outside the will of God when you work half-heartedly. The Bible says, whatever you do, do it heartily as unto the Lord. So when I go to a place of employment, I'm not working for the person who, I'm, who, who writes the check. I'm working for the man, for, for the God who saved me, delivered me, and gave me this job. So when you go in there complaining, whining, and moaning, you're outside the will of God. You'd be better to leave there and go somewhere where you can, where you can work unto the Lord than to stay there and be, be, be the biggest jerk in the place. Come on, Christians. I talk to people who work with you. And some of them say, you don't act like a Christian at work. Well, this ain't what I want to do for, fine, if it's not what you want to do for the rest of your life. But while you are there, you are obligated to work heartily as unto the Lord. Can I get two amens out there? Maybe that's why you ain't got a raise. Maybe that's why you ain't got a promotion. Maybe that's why the Lord hadn't released you because your attitude's still bad. Oh, Christians can have bad attitudes. I work with a lot of them. Hmm? 
Work with somebody in the church. If we're going to serve, let's serve wholeheartedly. If we're going to give, let's give wholeheartedly. I got to stop you. What did I, did I tell you? Okay. Today, the Lord your God has commanded you to obey all these decrees and regulations. So, so be careful to obey them wholeheartedly. So the people, the good ground, the, the, the people who we want to be like, we want to start to receive the word of God so they, their hearts are good. They keep the word and they bear fruit with patience. Now, I, I'm going to stop here because my time is up, but I want to lay the foundation for next week. Oh, I, I, I purposely wrote all that down there because I wasn't trying to finish all that today. Plus, I probably couldn't have did it if I wanted to. I could have. But I want to finish this first part because if you don't get your heart right, if you keep thinking it's all about everybody else and it's not about you, you'll never be positioned to receive God's word. And if you can't receive God's word, Jesus said he that hath ears to hear, let him hear. Though the different types of ground represent the hearts of men. And I don't care how good the preaching is. I don't care how good the, the church is. I don't, I'm not, I don't care how good the church is administratively. If your heart is not right. If you're not ready to receive, you will not receive. Jesus even said he gave parables so that those whose minds were closed, some of y'all come, some of y'all come to church with a closed mind when it comes to giving. Some of y'all know, yeah, I knew sooner or later, if I stayed here long enough, he's going to start talking about giving. That's what all them churches do. Well, you all that have been here, y'all been here, how many of y'all been here 25 plus years? Let me see your hand. You've been here over 25 years or 20 years. You know I've been consistent. I don't, I don't take one second to beg anybody to do anything, especially when it comes to giving. Because if you give and your heart is not right, you give it in doubt and unbelief, you, you're not going to get blessed anyhow. But what I am going to do, I'm going to teach you about the spirit of generosity. I'm going to teach you about what our responsibility is. Now it's up to you to do it. Because here's what I've discovered. God ain't ever, God is, I, I searched the scripture and I never see in scripture where God used the majority to do much of anything. As a matter of fact, I think it's part of his pat, pattern, Jeff, to use a remnant because he says, uh, you know, he says he took the foolish things of this world to confound the wise so that no flesh can glory in his presence. Because if, if, if we start doing things because we, we had 100%, 100% participation and everybody gave $10,000. Then now we start saying, well, it's the people that did it. But now when you see where it may be, I don't know what that number is. And I used to, I used to follow these numbers when I was financing churches and when I was in banking and we had a grid and we would compare churches of comparable size, uh, in, in membership, uh, and to get a feel for how that church fell into, uh, uh, our, our, uh, appetite for financing them. But here, here, here's the problem with that. As a banker, I had to do that. But as a man of faith, I know that God can take that church that doesn't look like the rest of them, have less membership than the rest of them. This is one of those churches that have less membership than some of the churches who have twice as many members as we have. And God take this church that will be obedient and use those who give and obey wholeheartedly and, 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 and pour more seed into this church than those who are twice their size. I've seen it happen. So, so what, what I'm telling you is, 
we got to learn to trust God. And many times in our own personal life and our, our financial house is not in order because we're not trusting God. God wants us to have a spirit of generosity. And next week, we're going to begin to unpack what a spirit of generosity looks like. And, and how, how, how can we as individuals begin to operate with a spirit of generosity so our church can, can, can go to another level in, in, in reaching people with the gospel, helping those who are hurting, all right, and, and fulfilling our gospel mandate. Jesus died on the cross so that you and I could be positioned to do kingdom work. And he wants us to do it with a spirit of generosity. Gave his life for us. Crucified. Buried. But as we said on last week, on the third day, as Jesus prophesied over and over and over again, on the third day, I'm going to rise from the grave. And he did with all power in heaven and earth in his hand. Every head bowed, every eye closed. Father, we thank you.